Hello world, and welcome to We Live on a Planet. I am your host, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining me on this Friday, July 9th, 2021, for episode 496. I'm titling this one, Giving Up. You'll understand why later when we read the quote. Let's put one in for the archives for the weather, so we know for future generations what's going on in the fine city of Oswego, New York, right on the beautiful lake shores of Lake Ontario in central New York. It's 66 degrees currently. With the temperatures, it feels like 66. Highs are going to be about 72 degrees Fahrenheit. The winds are gently blowing out of the northeast at only one mile per hour. Looks like it might be drone weather. I've said that plenty of times. I haven't got my drone out this year to fly it, mostly because it's boring to fly by yourself. I need somebody to fly it with. Come on over and fly my drone with me if you're around. Like I said, this one's called Giving Up. You'll understand why when I read the quote. You're listening to a little bit of garage band a beat I made this morning for this for the show. It's fun to create things. Stick around when we come back. We're gonna create something together. We'll be right back. All right, this is our unknown author quote, but I like it. When you want to give up, remember why you started. Unknown. When you want to give up, remember why you started. I thought that quote was nice because I stumbled upon it yesterday when I was doing the show notes for We Live on a Planet. And I've been questioning we live on a planet for a little bit, wondering, do I continue at 500? What do I do once I hit the 500 mark, which is only four shows away? And then I thought about quitting, and then I had to remember why I started We Live on a Planet. I stumbled upon the Anchor app years ago in the Apple Store, had no idea what a podcast was, had barely heard of podcasts at the time they were pushing anchor as radio reinvented so I thought I was making a radio show and you could put music in and so I felt like a real live DJ and it was fun and we live on a planet has grown throughout the years and changed and started to walk it was just crawling and sometimes it is still just crawling you know, it still stumbles. It's We live on a planet. It's just a toddler. It's so young. Even though we've been around since October of 2017. And I thought about, what do I do? What do I do? And uh, it kind of hit me that there, there is no rules in podcasting. Nothing happens at 500. No podcast people come over and say, okay, now that you made 500, you can't make any more, or there's a limit. So I just decided why, or tried to remember why I started We Live on a Planet. And like I said, I stumbled upon it, didn't know what I was doing, and started talking about self-driving cars. That was my first episode. And boy, how We Live on a Planet has changed, hasn't it? From self-driving cars to becoming a personal journal and really sharing what's going on in my life and not being afraid 
to open up to you and be vulnerable. And I really, really, really realized one of the reasons after We Live on a Planet started gaining wheels and getting an audience, and I opened up about my alcoholism and opened up about having bipolar, people really appreciated that. They appreciated that vulnerability, that everything wasn't squeaky clean and perfect. Because we live in such a social media world where everything has, we paint a picture that everything's perfect. I mean, people take pictures of what they're eating and post it. And they always frame their life like everything is just so perfect and beautiful. And it's not. Life isn't perfect and beautiful. Life has its ups and downs. And I realize that We Live on a Planet helps me through these ups and downs. And there's times I don't want to push that scary red record button. And then I push myself and I do. And I'm glad I do because I, get, I gain something out of it talking to you it helps me mentally it helps me slow down with my thoughts because I have to concentrate on one thing and that's spending time with you so I think we live on a planet that's going to continue until I just get to the point where I decide I don't want to do it anymore but other than that I decided at 500, nothing magical is going to happen. It's just going to keep chugging along, I think. As long as you're listening, I'm going to keep talking. And you are listening. And I appreciate it. Thank you for that. When we come back, I want to tell you some more stuff and things that are going on in my life. So stick around. I'll be right back. Welcome back, my friends. So when it rains, it pours, right? It has been raining here. It's raining right now. But uh, I have to get new tires on my car. I'm not too happy about it because they only have uh, 41,000 miles on it, and I got to get new tires. Uh, I got a screw right near the sidewall where I could plug it myself, but a shop won't plug it. They don't want to. I needed new tires soon anyways. They're the original tires from the brand. It's a brand new car. And they're the original. But I rotate them every 5,000. Have my oil changed every 5,000. Um, it's synthetic oil. So I don't understand why I need new tires already. The wear, They're getting to the wear bar. My inspection's not due till December. But the technician said, he goes, they wouldn't pass inspection by that time. I wanted to get new tires for it before the snow flew, but I was hoping to get more life out of them this summer and be able to drive them. But my wife drives almost an hour to work on the weekends, and uh, she's valuable to me. I can't replace her. And tires are very important on a car. People don't think that, and they just want to go the cheap route or whatever. And I learned my lesson before I went a cheap route and got cheap tires before on a car we had, and it was the worst mistake I ever made. I couldn't go anywhere in the city of Oswego when it snowed, and that's all it ever does here. So I made sure I got good all-season 
tires, safety first. You know, I want to make sure that my loved ones are safe and everything like that. But I wasn't really looking forward to bucking up to getting new tires. But if you follow the show, you know that I brought my car into where I bought it and the radiator motor had failed. And it was a $500, a little over $500 to get that covered or paid for. And it left a bitter taste in my mouth because my car was only 3,000 miles out of warranty maybe. And um, I contacted Nissan and told them about it. And Nissan contacted me back and they reimbursed me for that repair even though the car was out of warranty and so they sent a check and that check is going to cover the tires so it's it balanced out it's not like I'm getting free tires because I had to pay the 500 in the first place to get my car fixed they just reimbursed me and it just so happens that I have to get tires now so that kind of stinks but that's what happens sometimes it's just uh life happens right and uh yeah so what else is going on in my life my new scuba gear might be in today i hope so that would be awesome yes some canned applause i'm super excited i'm like a little kid waiting for santa claus to come for my new gear i ordered tusa gear mostly my tusa uh my bcd which is a buoyancy control device is a tusa conquest is the name of the line that's what keeps you afloat into your vest i have a waterproof wetsuit waterproof is the name of the company the wetsuit is not waterproof but it's nice and tight and gets close to being waterproof so i can't wait to get that i have a Tusa regulator with a second stage safety second. You need two regulators when you go down diving. One is your primary and then you have your secondary, your safety one for you or a buddy. I've got that coming. Um, A new dive computer from Shearwater, which is a company that makes dive computers. And just at a glance at my wrist, I'll know how much air I have in my tank, how deep I am. Um, When you go to ascend, it will tell you if you're going ascending too quickly, it will vibrate and tell you to slow down. At 15 feet, you have to stop and do a safety stop for three to five minutes anyways. It'll allow, it tells you all that kind of stuff. So it'll be nice to have that tech on me because I said earlier about the tires about safety when you're diving you want to be very safe and uh, I want to dive again and come back all right stick around and come back we'll ramble on a little bit more about diving and magically just like that we're back and I'm going to take a sip of my coffee I should have done it during the break mm, Cinnabon creamer my wife found some cinnabon creamer i love cinnamon so we were talking about scuba diving just a little bit ago and now that i am officially a certified scuba diver even though i don't have my gear i was able to go scuba diving the other day with my brother-in-law and used my nephew's scuba diving equipment 
which was too big for me, but it worked. Um, the wetsuit was too big though, and it was holding a lot of air. So I had to use more weight than I usually use when I dive. Um, it was very buoyant. And when I got out of the water, just water just dumped out of my wetsuit because it was just too loose on me. But we went diving in search of a shipwreck called the Key Store or called the Mary Kay, which I was telling you about. It went down in 1988. It was built in 1952, and it's a tugboat. It's only in about 45 foot of water near the late lighthouse here in the city of Oswego, near the break wall and all that kind of stuff, just past it. And we had the coordinates, the GPS coordinates and everything, and it's a flat rock bottom. Visibility was very good, but we had no luck. We had our dive flag out. We, had, we were doing it all safe. We made sure everything was all good, but we could not find it to save our life. But I was a air pump down there. I was sucking a lot of air because the scuba, scuba diving I've been doing with Coach is over a wreck in the St. Lawrence called the Keystorm, which went down the same year as the Titanic. And when you get down to the Keystorm, you're just, you've already found the wreck, so now you're just exploring it. There's not a lot of flipper kicking. There's not a lot of exerting your energy. Well, my brother-in-law and I were looking for this one shipwreck, the Mary Kay. We were I was exerting quite a bit of energy because we were kicking, looking everywhere for it. So I was an air pump down there, and I was sucking a lot of air. And also, Coach wasn't with me to slow me down. You know, I need Coach. I miss, miss diving with Coach. <laughs> I loved diving with my brother-in-law, though. It was so fun. I, I really get along with my brother-in-law, and I like his company. So it was nice to dive with him. Next year, he's going to get a boat which would be nice because the difference compared the arrow, which is the boat I'm used to diving off from, which is the co coach's boat, which is a dive boat, compared to a small boat that we went off from, uh, the arrow is a dream. <laughs> the small boat worked for us, but it's tricky to use um, to get your gear out of the water because once you get to the boat, you can't climb a ladder with all your gear on and get into that little boat like you can with the arrow. So you have to float your gear. You take your gear off when you're in the water and float it, put a carabiner on it and attach it to the boat get out of the boat and then hoist your gear up over the side into the boat. Well, the first time I was able to do it, the second time I was gassed. I couldn't do it, and I just I, I needed help from my brother-in-law. And so, like I said, we had our dive flag out and all that, but I wonder if the fishermen around the area know what that flag is. I hope so. hope that keeps the fishermen away from us because right soon the king salmon are going to be coming up through the channel and heading to the river to do their thing. All right, stick around. We come. Oh, wait, we got a couple more couple more minutes before we can take a break speaking of the mary Kay, the shipwreck we did search for i um contacted the mayor 
of the city of Oswego about that shipwreck, about possibly having a buoy marker put over the shipwreck so it can be found. Because like I said, we searched everywhere for it and couldn't find it, and we were right in the right coordinates. And it would be a really nice attraction for the city. And I'll tell you why when we come back. Stick around. Just like that, we're back. All right, so like what I was saying is the Mary Kay and me contacting the mayor here in the city of Oswego. One of the reasons why I contacted him because the Mary Kay is perfect for new scuba divers because it's in only 45 foot of water. It's clear. When you're a new scuba diver, you can, you're certified only to go to 60 foot. And so this is at 45 foot, and it went down in 1988, so there's got to be quite a bit of it left. I know that the key storm that I see in the St. Lawrence, there's a lot of that wreck left, and that went down, like I said, the same year, the Titanic. That is a cool shipwreck to dive over, and I can't wait to dive over that again with Coach, and I can't wait to get my gear from him, be able to talk scuba diving. I can't wait to dive again with my brother-in-law, but it looks like um, my scuba diving season with him for the year has come to an end, though, because he's a lineman, and uh, he's working out of town, and he had to go out of town, so he's not going to be able to go scuba diving again with me this season unless for some reason something happens on the job where they cancel it and he ends up coming back home. Lyman's, that's a dangerous job. My dad was a lineman as well and retired as a lineman. And he was always home every night, though. He didn't travel um, like my brother-in-law does. My dad would every once in a while travel for storms and do those. But for the most part, he was home after work. All right, well, we're, I got you on the line. I thought we could learn a little bit of something and get just a tiny wrinkle on our brain. I didn't last time we were here. I just came out and talked to you a little bit. And um, we're at the History Channel's website. And on this day in 1877, Wimbledon Tournament begins. Way back in 1877, famous Wimbledon begins. Can you play tennis? I stink at tennis. I am no good at it. I hit the tennis ball like I'm hitting a baseball. I use the racket like a baseball bat, and the ball just goes flying. Here's one in sports. Speaking of Wimbledon, in 2000, Venus Williams wins Wimbledon for the first time. Here's one in Russia, 1762. Catherine the Great assumes power. 1960, Soviet Premier Khrushchev and President Eisenhower trade threats over Cuba. A lot of Cold War going on back then. Art, literature, and film history. 1962, Bob Dylan records Blowing in the Wind. You know, Bob Dylan has a huge following, and he's got some good songs, but I've never been a huge Bob Dylan fan. He sounds like Kermit the Frog to me when he sings. That's just me. Um, and no offense or no hate out there to any Bob Dylan fans, and I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying to me, 
He's kind of Kermit the Froggy or whatever. His voice is not appealing to me. Women's History, 1947. First female Army officer is appointed. 1947. Vietnam War, 1971. The United States turns over responsibility for the DMZ. Four miles south of the demilitarized zone or the DMZ, about 500 U.S. troops of the 1st Brigade, 5th Mechanicized Division turns over Firebase Charlie II to Saigon troops. U.S. Presidents, 1850. President Zachary Taylor dies unexpectedly, only 16 months after in office. Uh, 1846, U.S. takes San Francisco from Mexico. 1846. <laughs> American Revolution, 1777. New York elects its first governor. On July 9th, 1777, New York elects Brigadier General George Clinton as the first governor of the independent state of New York. World War I, 1915, Germany surrenders Southwest Africa to the Union of South America. And then the last one for World War II, 1941, the Enigma Key is broken. British cryptologists helped break the secret code used by German by the German army to direct ground-to-air operations on the Eastern Front. Kudos to them. All right, stick around when we come back. We'll learn a little bit more. Get another wrinkle on our brain. Yeah, this one's going by kind of quick. It feels to me like it is. I don't feel like I'm struggling out here talking with you. It's never a struggle talking with you. Sometimes it's just a struggle to get myself going talking. Here's nine fruity facts about limes. Do you like limes? I like limes a lot. They're good. The common lime found worldwide is a small green citrus fruit with an acidic yet sweet taste that simply can't be found anywhere else. While limes may not always be a star of the show, life wouldn't be the same without them. That's true. There are so many more kinds of limes than you would expect. This article is written by Becca Marsh over at the Facts site. I encourage you to go over to the Facts site and check out more information. I'm just going to skim the fat on these limes. There are so many more kinds of limes in the world than you would expect. Well, everyone worldwide can agree that a lime is a citrus that's sweet yet sour. That's pretty much where it stops. The issue is whether you are in where you are in the world. Limes will generally be referred to as limes regardless of the species. It is only in certain cases that they won't be referred to as more specifically. The most common lime produced worldwide is the Persian lime, which, funny enough, first became popular, were grown on a large scale in Persia, now Iran. The, common, the second most common lime would be the key lime, a more, more smaller, more spherical lime with a significantly sweeter taste. The key lime is also known as the Mexican lime. 
Another popular lime is the kaffir lime, which is almost exclusively referred to as a kaffir lime, not just a lime. It's almost, or it almost only ever used in Southeast Asian cooking, with both of the fruits of the leaves being used. Wow, they use the leaves too. Limes constantly mutate with other species. If the previous facts confused you, don't worry, because they just, they just confused me. The biggest issue with limes and trying to sort them out by species is that they're constantly mutating. Different species within the lime category constantly mix with other species, creating more and more unique species of limes. In fact, nearly all limes consumed around the world are actually hybrids. Limes are quite different from lemons. Lemons and limes are quite often said to be interchangeable in cooking, which is something that this writer couldn't disagree with more, she said. Well, in some cases, it turns out okay. In others, it simply wouldn't. Imagine a key lime pie made with lemons. Well, then it would be a lemon meringue pie. It wouldn't be a key lime pie. It would be a lot different, that's for sure. The thing is that while lemons and limes are both sour and acidic, that's where the similarity ends. Lemons can be used more universally as they have a sweeter taste, while limes excel in uses where you really need a stronger, sour, acidic kick, like on tacos or in a margarita. Uh, limes have seemingly endless uses. The juice of limes is often used as the main flavor of enhancing alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks. Thanks to the acidity of the limes, or the juices, it also quite frankly used as marinades for meat. I do love meat marinated in lime. Limes are also commonly picked whole in India and are an integral part of South South Indian cuisine. Uh, the uses of limes was once a British military secret. Back in the old days when the world's greatest nations still navigated the seas and ships with sails, there was an issue that prevented sailors from spreading any great periods of time at sea. The problem was scurvy. And yet it's unseen disease that essentially started to make your body fall apart bit by bit if you didn't get enough vitamin C in your diet. The British Navy combined this by rationing out citrus to their sailors. At first, they issued out lemons, but later switched to limes. This was kept as a military secret because it gave them an advantage over the nation's navies, who were also affected by scurvy. Wow. Limes mostly, most likely originated in Southeast Asia. And some species of limes are actually yellow when ripe. There's also an Australian species of lime that has a surprising secret. The Australian finger lime doesn't look ex exciting when plucked off the tree. It's about two to three inches long and quite thin and altogether looks unappealing. Once you cut, it, cut into it, though, you're in for a surprise. It's small pearl-shaped vessels which hold the juice of the lime pop out of the skin with ease. When placed on your tongue, they pop open just like caviar, releasing an almost overwhelmingly lemony lime flavor that can't be beaten. Mmm. 
And then limes are great for your health. Obviously. All right. Stick around. We come back. We'll chew the fat a little bit more. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for your time today. The most valuable gift you could ever give me. Something I can't give back to you, but I'm so appreciative that you gave to me. Please tell a friend about We Live on a Planet. That's one of the ways it gains wheels. More people know about it. If you're enjoying the show and would like to leave a comment, head on over to my website, WLOAP.com. There's a place there, that little phone icon. It will ring five times before it goes to my voicemail. Or you could hit me up old school with an email. Also at my website is all the spots that you can find me on social media. Come find me anywhere. As always, please do your best to stay curious and not judgmental today. And do your best just to be kind. My buddy AJ always says, don't litter either. Don't be a litter bug. <laughs> Thanks, my friends. I'll talk to you again real soon. Peace.